We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you find $100 on the street, will you pick it up or keep walking? Of course, you take the money. We all say we're very honest people, but I think we'd all pick up the cash uh, and keep going. But why uh, do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? We all have those picks each and every week. We say on Monday, I knew that was going to be the result. So why not put down some cash? And the best way to do that is head on over to my bookie. That's where I go. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay out when you win. Let's face it. When you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting with, as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try the parlay. If all your picks come in, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. Join now at my bookie and we'll double your first deposit. Use the promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That promo code, once again, is ROTOVIZ. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get. Get paid. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. You're listening to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the co-owner of Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we did have the show last week. A lot of people, a lot of good feedback with Davis Maddock. We kind of tried to predict the future. Davis was kind of spot on on a couple of those. We were a little bit off, but we did head into week two with our kind of predictions. A lot of fun recording that show, and I'm glad the, the listeners out there enjoyed it. But we're back. We're ready to talk about what happened in week two, maybe a little bit of what's going to happen in week three and i'm looking forward to it so uh, just actually arrived back from uh, my trip to the u.s spent uh, a little bit of time down there in san diego just arrived back literally around an hour ago so excuse me please uh, if i'm a little bit jet lagged sean might be doing the heavy lifting today but sean how's things going as we get ready for week three good and as you mentioned davis was all over those picks it seemed like he had traveled a couple weeks into the future to to make (laughs) those especially malcolm brown and uh, lamar jackson he was definitely 
knocking those down and, and we thank uh, him for for coming on the show and doing a little time traveling with us the first two weeks have, have been fairly exciting a lot of points scored in week one uh, not quite as many in week two which uh, really saw quite a few quarterbacks go down and we talk all the time during the offseason about how free quarterbacks are and how late you can draft them and that is the case but then we quickly find in some specific instances uh, after weeks like week two that you can be scrambling in a lot of different formats especially dynasty formats where uh, all the quarterbacks tend to be owned and so if you're in a two qb league or even in a a deeper uh, regular dynasty league where you have your guys hit i i'm in a, a great league the industry uh, developmental dynasty league where my two quarterbacks were drew Brees and sam darnold so i had to look to make some trades there i have a couple of kitchen sink leagues where you have the super flex and again losing darnold losing uh breeze guys that then have to go and try to fill in for in order to get that super flex and the super flex scoring so this has been a heavy week for me in terms of trying to pick up some extra quarterbacks it's certainly been a little bit messy um at the quarterback position i play in you know my dynasty leagues all of them actually in fact now are, are uh, super flex so i've had a couple uh, i had a few uh, drew Brees shares remaining um they, they crashed and burned this weekend uh, so it's been it's been a tough week but um it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out going forward who can make those uh in-season acquisitions to try and you know uh, bolster those lineups to make sure they can do enough just to, to get over the line in, in a case like drew Brees, obviously it's to to make sure that uh, you can get somebody to cover for the next kind of six weeks or so and if it's a case like ben roethlisberger who's out for the season obviously that's a much much tougher uh, pill to swallow sean as we start today's show um some of the, the listeners may have seen it on twitter they may have seen it on other podcasts on the road of his radio network but we're very proud to have partnered up with Blue Wire uh, over the last couple of weeks. We've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is the official launch week of our partnership with Blue Wire. So all our podcasts now will be going through their platform. It'll also be available everywhere as normal through iTunes, through all the different podcast apps that you use. The one thing I would say is if you are uh, signed up and subscribed to any of the feeds and you, you like to make sure you get them, there is always the individual feeds up there on iTunes uh, and through all the other podcast apps. And there is the overall main feed as well so some people will be subscribed to the main feed make sure you're subscribed to the individual ones as well so you never miss out on any of the shows as they come out it uh, really does help us here um with those listeners with those subscribers and uh, we love having you here each and every week it's always great to get the feedback on the shows get those ratings and reviews and so so on and so forth but just wanted to mention at the start of the show our partnership with blue wire who are very excited to be on board with as we move forward here an exciting time for rotoviz radio and rotoviz uh, as a whole and uh, looking forward to seeing where it goes over the the next 12 to 18 months as we continue to grow here when we're talking about growing obviously we have different ways that we've grown over the last year and one of those ways is rotoviz patreon you can become a patreon member now on slack and you can get basically all your questions answered there by a host of the, the rotoviz writers and the podcast team starting from just six dollars a month become a rotoviz radio patreon today and join the exclusive community of listeners sign up at patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio as always as well we do have a 10 percent listener discount to the rotoviz nfl pass through the rotoviz podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast your subscription will give you online limited access to all our premium content and also all the great tools that we talk about on a weekly basis on the show here so don't miss out on that get your t- a 10 percent discount at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast 
So, Sean, as we move into the second quarter here on the show, we're looking through uh, one of your articles up on the site, looking kind of a little bit at week one, week two, see how the differences went and uh, how things uh, balanced out over those two weeks. That was one of the things that, like, I played quite a bit of DFS in week two, and one of the things I did was try and catch those people who had quite positive weeks in terms of targets, in terms of air yards in week one didn't really get the the actual production in week one and how some of those guys responded and bounced back in week two but overall week one to week two uh, as we didn't get to talk on it last week on the show in week one was there anything that obviously you've brought it together in this article how did it all stack up for you well in week one we had 11 players to score double digits in fantasy points over expectation and this is a, a great stat which helps you translate a player's volume into fantasy points and see you know how much they scored based on volume how much they scored uh, based on efficiency and look at those two things in context and it's interesting here we only had four guys go into double digits in fpoe in week two but we had a second chiefs wide receiver do that so we've now had actually two consecutive kansas city chiefs receivers score more than 25 fantasy points over expectation so 25 more than you would have thought they would have scored just based on their volume obviously last week that was demarcus robinson and we jump into a little bit more detail with robinson looking at what his profile is it's not a surprise to see these Chiefs score a ton of points. We know with Patrick Mahomes, he was the easy leader in 2019 in terms of passing fantasy points over expectation. And he again leads now in 2019. So those are the 2018 numbers, sorry. He again leads in 2019. He's got a very slim edge over Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson, two of the biggest breakout quarterbacks for this year. Two guys you definitely are hoping that you got late in your drafts. But it may be a little bit more of a surprise to see those huge numbers last week. Obviously, Sammy Watkins this week, Robinson, when you realize that Tyreek Hill for his inhuman speed, for all the numbers that he put up last year, uh, jumping back into that early second round range in drafts for this season. He never hit 25 fantasy points over expectation last year. He did hit 20 twice, which obviously is still a huge number. But he actually had four consecutive games down the stretch last season where he was below average. So he scored negative FPOE, which gives you a little bit of sense of how it's still up to the receiver, at least to an extent, to, to make these plays. And I think that was the cool thing that we saw from Robinson in week two. His first touchdown, that 44-yard touchdown, was just the perfect example of Andy Reid really scheming a player open. And then Mahomes, he's got this ability to throw 60-yard passes that are almost like handoffs, right? And so that ball just floated down in there perfectly, scored the touchdown. But the second score, the 39-yard score right before the half, he had a defender draped all over him for that one and still came down with the play. He made a couple of, of shorter receptions that were similar in that regard. And so he, he did a very nice job pulling those down. Now, we mentioned that 10% discount subscribing through the podcast. And if you're a listener who's thinking about whether or not you want to be an in-season subscriber to the site and you've heard of the NFL Stat Explorer, this really is a great deal and is, is probably the time to do this. Now, a year ago, we had the Stat Explorer uh, through Excel. Dave Cabin, it's really his brainchild, something that he's put together. And that was one of the user favorites last year. And then Dave collaborated with Mike Beers, who you obviously know from his fantastic uh, best ball tools. And Dave has been working on our Gillespie 
uh, apps, which gives you game level similarity projections, working on a, a whole host of tools within the site and pass this off to Mike Beers. And then Beers put together this extraordinary tool, which really has been a sensation for the week and a half now that it has been available. One of the things you can do with the Stat Explorer, is you can go in and you look at all of these different players in so many different areas. So one of the things you can do is you can look at passes by location and we can see that Robinson had seven deep targets in 2018, came down with three of them. He's had four deep targets so far in 2019 and has caught them all, right, for 154 yards. So we don't necessarily expect Robinson to continue to play like he has played. Uh, certainly, we don't expect him to score, you know, 30 plus fantasy points in a game. But it is exciting, I think, to see this Chiefs offense attacking deep. Obviously, Miko Hardman, if he doesn't get that second long touchdown callback, would have also had a huge game. So I, it's been exciting to see Patrick Mahomes and company off to the races as we hoped. Yeah, and just a quick recap on uh, that uh, McCall Hardman touchdown you mentioned was called back. Uh, I was watching uh, the games this past Sunday with uh, TJ Hernandez. Uh, some of you, I'm sure, will know him from 4 for 4 and uh, the DFS MVP podcast. And uh, we were looking at the game, and obviously the, the touchdown gets called back uh, by McCall. Uh, we're looking at it. And I, I said to him, there was 47 seconds I think, left in the half, and I said, what odds would you like on the Chiefs to score a touchdown here? And I meant in the next 47 seconds to end the half, as I said it, uh, Mahomes drops back and just tosses that, as, as you mentioned, like a handoff. This one now more contested, but a, a great catch uh, by Robinson. And, you know, it was just, it's just a, a crazy, crazy time to, like, you're almost, I, I was laughing at times watching that second quarter for, for the Chiefs. It's just, it was it's something out of this world to watch Patrick Mahomes play. And we are very, very uh, privileged at the moment just to be watching how good he is and how good he could become as only a second year player, basically, who has played just one full season when you take in everything into, consideration so amazing to watch so as you mentioned as well uh the 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 stats and you know the past location part of the app if you look at that it's interesting to note too if you're looking at somebody who's going to be a a big kind of a boom bust player potentially that is something that robinson does fit into and when you look at it if you look at it on the season he has six targets or sorry seven targets in total Uh, only one of those has been uh, less than 20 yards in total everything else has been 20 yards or longer in terms of targets so you know there is big plays to to see as we go forward for the rest of the season there and it's just gonna be a case uh, sean i think this is gonna be the way it is is every wide receiver on this offense basically has a chance to have this week so we've seen it through two weeks it's gonna be very hard sometimes to pick who is up for that on a weekly basis but i think all these guys have have uh, you know definitely streaming value going forward but guys like uh, mccall hardman and guys like um, robinson here how do you think you would be playing them on a weekly basis just because of how explosive this offense is are you confident in slotting those guys in or is it purely kind of flex options or when you need to have them and to cover buys a little bit later if you have them on your team at this point i think you need to get them into the lineup the upside is too significant to have them on it's the too big yeah. right and so you know sammy Watkins obviously a must play even though he disappointed in week two hardman getting ready to have a massive breakout robinson was one of the biggest waiver ads in the ffpc this week an average of i believe 400 uh you know free agent dollars to get him that's another app that you're going to be able to get through the site where you can go in there you can look and see what the waiver results were give you a sense of how some of the high stakes players are bidding that kind of thing uh, robinson is probably going to be the the most difficult player and and certainly once hill comes back but if you have these guys 
if you have this this exposure to a 25 point per game kind of player or 25 points in any individual game i think that the floor even though it's low is still something that you have to kind of accept when you have that that upside with from these receivers and you know you mentioned that you were watching the game with tj and some of the fun kinds of things uh, we talked about earlier this ability to bet on my book on my bookie after the games have started and this you know can be kind of one of those fun things to go in there look at some of these chiefs receivers uh take some of the, the different bets bet on your guy i know that one of the things that has been kind of fun for us as a site and you can see some of the things kind of behind the scenes that people really do enjoy betting with my bookie and you see that in slack which you know that's not necessarily something that uh is going to come through if people actually don't like it beyond just you know our, our partnership there so take advantage of that try and bet on some of those things when you get a chance if that's of interest to you another thing looking at here we see uh, in terms of the difficulty of playing different groups of receivers we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right so we have Chris Godwin he was one of our uh, other outperformers in fantasy points over expectation in week two and we're now sitting through two weeks and we have him not only with more expected points he's got a six point lead in terms of Mike Evans in terms of what we would have expected him to score but he's crushing Evans and OJ Howard in terms of points over expectation he scored 13 and a half points more than you would expect Evans is six points under OJ Howard basically not involved in the offense at all and these were some guys we talked about before the season Godwin was one of our featured third-year breakout candidates and we liked him but I was a little bit skeptical at ADP you know starting to go in the middle of the third round there are really only a few spots after Evans but anyone who drafted Godwin at this point has to be extremely excited, uh, blowing away his higher profile teammate there. Do you expect this to bounce back? I've had a number of trade offers for Evans, including one with Godwin, where the Godwin owner would still like uh, to get Evans and you know be able to get something in addition so at, at this point would you still have evans as more valuable than godwin uh once we've seen this offense now with bruce arians through two weeks i think if you're going on you know dynasty value um i think evans is still um the higher the higher value prospect there but what you have to look at is the the age as well you know godwin you're projecting forward and um, what we've seen from him since he's come into the league there's just been you know flashes 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 and now it's starting to become consistency um and, and that's what you want to see in any player when they when they enter the league um i think though if you're looking at it long term you know I, I would certainly be putting some of those you know maybe not if i'm a godwin owner trying to get mike evans but if i'm somebody who's looking for uh, to move up at the wide receiver position evans would be somebody i would be targeting now as a you know a buy candidate rest of season but the problem is is i i don't trust james winston at all uh, and i don't really trust the way this offense is starting to develop develop uh, it's going to be a tough uh, slog at the moment for howard owners as well somebody who i thought was in for a, a potential breakout season that uh, wasn't somebody i was really targeting but i thought had all the tools there but uh, godwin has started the season lightning quick can he sustain that the rest of the way i think we'll f- at the end of the season these two guys will be pretty much neck and neck in terms of evans and godwin in terms of fantasy points but uh, i think we'll see mike evans have those big weeks too um, as we move forward here um it's going to be it's going to be an interesting offense though both for that position and also the running back position and 
We're going to look a little bit later in the show at some of the running back uh, groups and their splits. But Sean, as we talked, we didn't really get to recap week one. And then we obviously have the week two sample here as well. So when we look back, there was some kind of hero players in week one, guys that maybe we weren't expecting it to happen for. And, you know, Marquise Brown had a monster week based on, uh, you know, a very, very, uh, you know, nice day overall. But then in the, in the second week of the season, wasn't as big. You had John Ross, who still had quite a good game. If you had said true two games, he would have even had the game that he had in week two. You would have been very impressed. But uh, you know DJ Chark in there as well, uh, Terry McLaughlin as well from the Washington Redskins. But maybe coming back down to earth a little bit, how did you see uh, the performances of those uh, Week One heroes? Well, one of the things I think that you like to see from these guys is that number one, Ross and Chark were still very good in terms of fantasy points over expectation and had big games for a second week in a row. Uh, Ross, I think, so exciting because. You have him now showing some variety within that offense. Uh, Curtis Patrick had an excellent article on the site last week explaining how he's sort of the Brandon Cooks in their offense, the way they're going to use him. And with Ross, one of the things I think that people can miss, and certainly uh, you know, all of us <laughs> missed from those first couple of seasons, is simply that his speed is on another level. Right. So you have Tyreek Hill, who even compared to the NFL's fastest players, looks like he's in you know a video game in a different sort of universe. John Ross is really the only other receiver in the NFL who also fits into that category. So if Ross can play at all, which is something that he was not able to do through the first two seasons, then he has this speed that you really cannot contend with. And we've seen it now in a variety of ways. In week one, he was getting deep, he was getting behind the defense and they could not adjust to the deep speed before Andy Dalton delivered the pass. In week two, we saw that catch and run speed where he catches this intermediate route and then goes the distance. The defensive backs trying to get the angle on him simply underestimated the speed with which he can move. And so I think when you have that deep ball ability and then you have the catch and run ability, you put those two things together in John Ross, and I think that we're going to see this continue to go forward. Certainly that offense has been exciting, uh, even with then the obvious caveat of that team is terrible, which could actually be very positive for some of the Bengals receivers, Andy Dalton. Dalton has really been that guy that I've been trying to acquire to fill all of these quarterback openings that we have now. And, you know, we talked before the season about the Bengals offense potentially being this offense that would take the next step. It doesn't necessarily sound like A.J. Green is uh, really that close to 100% at this point, but you add him into the mix as well, and you've got these three guys now where this Cincinnati offense is going to score a ton of points and Andy Dalton, I think, is going to be a league winner, right? So if you can pick him up, that's definitely a way to go. And then you mentioned the rookies. And one of the things that was cool here, and one of the reasons why you know we look at these fantasy points over expectation, we look at these guys who have the big games, is that that will then often be followed by a jump in volume. So both of those guys were below average this past week, but it didn't matter because they jumped more than eight expected points. Right, so the volume they had in week two was worth eight more fantasy points than it was worth in week one. So even then, once they underperform, they both score more than sixteen points, which you know that's that's wide receiver one numbers. So you're certainly not going to be disappointed with those results, and certainly in the case of Brown, the case of the Ravens, I think you've got to be so excited about how good they've looked in reality 
as well, where the real red flag with Lamar Jackson was, does he have the touch? Does he have the accuracy? Can he throw the passes to really augment and offset his running ability? And last year, the answer was no, even a little bit in the preseason. It looked like the answer might be no. The pass that he threw to Marquise Brown to seal the game against the Cardinals was one of the best passes you'll see all season, right? And then Brown, perfect catch, you know, makes the 41-yard gain and just seals that game there where it really looked like Kyler Murray and company were on the verge of stealing one. So I think obviously Mark Jackson owners are happy. Marquise Brown, you know, talked about it now in a couple of articles. If you were to have rookie drafts again today, I think he would be the 101. So before we move on into the rest of the show, I want to let you know about sports.axios.com. There's countless ways to keep on top of what's happening in the sports world. It can be a difficult one, but how are you supposed to read every great article without losing time of your busy day? Scroll through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. And now coming to the stage is Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivering directly to your email inbox. Each morning you'll see the best stories from around the sports world from NBA and NFL to these sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you ability to stay informed. It's simple and easy to sign up at sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on their day before it even begins with all the sports action. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. Do yourself a favor and save time right now. Sign up to Axios Sports Newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. That is A-X-I-O-S. Again, try it for free at sports.axios.com want to tell you about another one of our team here and that is Roman and uh, obviously guys can be terrible at taking care of their health um, whether it's a knee injury a bad back something much worse guys aren't very comfortable discussing it uh, and going seeing a doctor I think we're all guilty of that from time to time I'm very guilty of it myself the same can be true for erectile dysfunction studies show that 70% of guys who experience ED do not get it treated. Thankfully, Roman have created an easy way to chat with your doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED appropriate from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. If a doctor decides a treatment would be appropriate, then you can be subscribed to genuine medication that will be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to your doctor with Roman. It's easy and it's really simple. Just go to getroman.com slash bluewire to get a free online visit. Getroman.com forward slash bluewire for a free visit to get started. Once again, getroman.com slash bluewire. So, Sean, jumping now into the third quarter, we're going to look at some week two expected points for the week. We talked a little bit about it there in the first section of the show. There's some players, you know, there's players I just love watching, Sean, and, and the NFL. Uh, Keenan Allen is one of those dudes. Uh, another one of them popped up on it this week. That's Larry Fitzgerald. Julio Jones, of course, goes without mentioning, but man, Larry Fitz is still still doing it uh, and doing it at the top, top level. I've, I've, I've really been impressed with uh, how he's gone through, through two weeks. But uh, through those uh, two weeks and through, through this here, recent piece that's uh, popped up with Blair on the site uh, what what was your your key takeaways yeah well we look at again the expected points related to the volume that the player saw and Zach Ertz was actually number one in the NFL this last week in total expected points you uh, 
with all of the attention that we've had on the receivers getting hurt, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, both of those guys had big games in week one. They go out early in week two. Nelson Aguilar has uh, the 11 target game, but Ertz was actually the person who benefited the most. He had 16 targets, a league high, 31.2 receiving expected points. But unfortunately, he only caught you know half of those targets and failed to score. And so uh, that was good enough to bring one of my main event teams from outside that top half uh, to inside the top half for that week one victory. However, it could have been much, much bigger. Blair talks about how he's number one in expected points per game at the tight end position, but only 76th in fantasy points over expectation. So if we can get Ertz to balance out a little bit more, then we could see some huge games from him until this wide receiver core gets a little bit healthier. By contrast, the tight end who ranks first in fantasy points over expectation is Mark Andrews, and he scored double-digit fantasy points for two consecutive weeks, which is something that none of the wide receivers have done. And so Blair points out again that he is also averaging 13 expected points per game. So when you put those two things together, Andrews has really been the breakout superstar of 2019. And I think when you go through and you look at the win-loss records for teams over the first two weeks, you're going to see that at the top of that, the standings in your league is very likely to have a Mark Andrews owner in first or second. This is almost exactly what George Kittle averaged during his breakout in 2018. But whereas Kittle was only slightly outplaying his opportunity, Andrews has destroyed it through two weeks. Now, we wouldn't necessarily expect him to continue to do that. But again, this is another player where the Lamar Jackson uh, jump his his second year leap is really carrying along so when you look at jackson brown and mark andrews that trio right there looks like it's all the way or it's on the way to a lot of fantasy titles already yeah mark Mark andrews has been super impressive through those two weeks and we did see it last year um and you know i've talked about in the show i had some concerns over uh, how lamar would just you know develop as a passer but i think the way they've uh, set up this offense through two weeks has been very good now we will say with the caveat that they've played the dolphins and they've played the cardinals who defensively will not be very good this year but uh we've seen enough there to know that there's definitely something there mark andrews as well has just like the, the plays that he's making it's not just a case of they're all just you know short pass plays that aren't really going to develop there is going to be plays like you mentioned with kettle uh where there's some of those plays then when he can break it pass, you know if he breaks a tackle it can become a big gain so mark andrews like you mentioned is uh the stud there through two weeks and most most of those lineups that are, are winning at the tight end position uh, are having a huge advantage with mark andrews and those lineups at uh, two guys obviously um sean we're going to talk a little bit about austin eckler a little bit later um as we wrap up the show but i think we have to really um head on him here as well and that is just uh, how good he's been through those two weeks we obviously um you know there's going to be candidates in that uh, the zero rb list that don't click we don't usually expect them really to take off this early but austin eckler uh, has really just kicked it into a, a real high gear here to start the season it can't be easy watching for melvin garden from the sidelines as as eckler does his thing uh, could have had a bigger day um even even in this week two two game but he's he's really proven that uh all things are there for him to um you know have a an rb1 type season as a, if he can stay there the rest of the way we'll talk a little bit later if he can stay there the rest of the way but uh, how are those Austin Eckler shares looking in, in your lineup so far? <laughs> Quite nice. Yeah, so Eckler was one of our headliners for the zero RB candidates for 2019. And it's just been fun to see this. We, we've mentioned how basically every single season we end up with someone who's in that top five 
from the running back position from these targets. And if you put them in there with a bunch of, of wide receivers at the beginning, then you have this unbeatable roster. And, you know, we don't necessarily expect Eckler to continue at quite this rate, but it's not surprising what he's doing, right? Because he's one of the most athletic running backs in the NFL, and he's one of the best hybrid running backs in the NFL, where he's got that runner ability he's an excellent receiver and we saw it in week two where he had 24 expected points and handled 33 percent of the team's total expected fantasy points right so he's got a huge market share of this as well a couple other guys who jumped out at the running back position were christian mccaffrey who continues uh, to lead the league in total expected points and then Le'Veon bell had the huge week two and so he now leads in expected point market share uh, accounting for 95% of the Jets rushing EP through two games. He was the only player in week two to reach double digits in both rushing expected points and receiving expected points. And this is, I think, encouraging to Bell owners because we've written in the past how Bell and then David Johnson, those two guys uh, with the big 2016 seasons, and then with Bell, we've seen it for multiple seasons, where if you can average double digit points, both as a runner and as a receiver, then you start to move into that 20 plus points a game range and have it be sustainable right, to where you don't need a bunch of huge plays. Now, Blair does point out that uh, he's probably going to underperform this, and he did underperform it in week two because this Jets offense is is just awful, right? So you're going to be excited about the volume. Uh, You're going to be excited about the fact that because they're going to trail, there are a lot of dump off passes as they try to sustain anything in the offense. And so, you know, there's there's that balance between Bell not getting the goal line carries that he's gotten in the past, but with him being also their their fourth quarter trailing running back in the receiving game, then you know, he could be looking at a huge number of targets this season. Yeah, the other one I'm interested uh, that was pointed out here, and that's obviously the injury to Drew Brees and how that affects uh, some of those um, you know playmakers for the Saints. Obviously, we have Alvin Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas as well. I think the volume is definitely still going to be there for Michael Thomas. When we're looking at somebody like Alvin Kamara, um, who you know has Latavius Murray there, whether there's you know certain plays uh, against the Rams, you know first and second down, we were seeing uh, Kamara split out wide with um, Latavius Murray in the backfield, and then obviously Drew Brees got hurt. Um, how how do you see things balancing out here? Have you you know, we were both very excited about Kamara coming into the season. Do you think this matters all that much in terms of uh, he's still going to get the same workload, maybe a little bit more of a workload, but do you think it really is going to affect how efficient he can be based on how teams, um, you know, set up for, say, Bridgewater or Taysom Hill in the backfield versus how they're setting up for Drew Brees in the backfield? Or, you know, I think there's going to be a few a few surprises coming here with what Sean Payton does, but um, for the first couple of weeks, are you concerned about where we're going here with Kamara for the next six weeks? I think you have to be. He's he was the first round pick from my NFL MFL ten of death team, and I, I think this is going to be a little bit of the nail in the coffin for that squad. Blair points out that he only averaged or he only scored accumulated ten point three expected points last week. This was just about half of his average from twenty eighteen. Right. So because of what they have to do with game script, because of the quality of touches that they'll be able to create for him uh, with Bridgewater under center, uh, perhaps doing some things with Hill, that kind of scenario, it just is not going to be the same high value targets. It's going to be more difficult to get him the ball in space. The defense where before they had to really account for Brees' ability to go deep. So you mentioned the situation with Thomas and his 
passing expected points and receiving expected points were identical in week two to what they were in week one. Now it's going to be harder for him to be as efficient, but the workload was the same. That wasn't the case with Kamara. And I think they're going to have difficulty creating those same kinds of touches. And perhaps in order to get him to that level, they'll have to use him more, but that's not necessarily what they want to do. I mean, they'd like to keep Latavius Murray involved, keep the wear and tear on Kamara uh, to a minimum. And if they do that, uh, he's just not going to score nearly as many points during this stretch where Drew Brees is out. So we touched there on a couple of running backs. We're going to dive into some backfields that maybe aren't as clear cut as the ones we've talked about so far. And the first one up uh, we're going to look at is the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, we talked about Miles Sanders um, and the preseason. You know, we're not big fans of Jordan Howard, but Jordan Howard is looking like he's eaten a little bit more into that workload. Um, you know, over the over the the start of the season here for week one and two than maybe we we were predicting. Obviously, they did give up that that draft pick, so they were going to have him slotted in there. Darren Sproles also uh, being worked in there, so it's kind of a, a case where we're seeing the majority of the work go to miles sanders but then basically there's there's quite a large chunk off what he's getting going to jordan howard and then sprinkle in behind that um as darren sproles but rest of season um with what you've seen from sanders so far do you think that he is going to to continue to to get a bigger role or do you think that it's going to be a case that howard's going to be there for the rest of the season yeah and and all of this we're taking from ryan collinsworth's excellent uh zero rb watch list this one specifically the nfc version which we'll be talking about today going in and breaking down some of these uh, most provocative or most interesting backfields you mentioned jordan howard i actually think that he's not cutting into sanders workload as much as i might have guessed it's more that the combination of howard and sproles are cutting into it they have a slight edge over sanders combined in rush attempts they have an edge combined in targets but the thing that's really killing sanders right now and i think the reason that if you can go and either in redraft certainly in dynasty one of the dynasty trades that i made in the last week was to acquire him if you can get him now this may be your last opportunity to not have to pay double what he's currently going for because again we talk about the expected points and the points over expectation and sanders efficiency is crazy right so he would be expected to have scored 13.9 points on the ground he's underperformed that by 8.6 so basically scored nothing and then his receiving value would have been worth 8.5 he's uh, underperformed by three and a half and so he has negative double digits total in terms of points over expectation which means if he were just doing the normal things you would expect with that volume then he would have scored more he would have helped his owners more and we'd be looking at him in a different light right now the fact that he actually has led this backfield i think is encouraging and if you're a believer in the eagles offense and there are certainly plenty of reasons to think they might struggle over the next couple of weeks but as this offense gets back where it was back to where we would expect and with all of their young players continue to emerge then sanders has the potential to be a a monster a massive weapon over the second half of the season and i think there are really more positives than negatives about his usage thus far 
Yeah, no, I, I agree exactly with that. The other player who fits into that kind of mold as well is David Montgomery for the, the Chicago Bears. And I thought we could have seen it, uh, you know, possibly pop out in week two. But, you know, in terms of his, his is almost as bad um, when we talk about the efficiency of Miles Sanders. But, uh, you know, he's going up against the, the Bears and the Packers who are going to be, or sorry, not the Bears and the Packers, the Broncos and the Packers who are going to continue to be two of the better defenses, I think, in the league uh, as we move forward here. So is he somebody very similar? I would actually be targeting him over sanders in terms of who i would be trying to get onto my rosters what's your thoughts on how this backfield is is david up he in terms of rush attempts like he he is really outpacing the field uh terry cohen has become uh, a little bit of a non-factor in the running game but he's still getting that work in the passing game what's your thoughts on the backfield here i think it really boils down to montgomery and cohen but montgomery is the, the clear back to to go here outside of the receiving game well it's interesting that you said that you prefer montgomery I think that the situation with Montgomery is maybe a little bit more disturbing from the perspective of having this monster lead for Cohen in terms of targets for the fact that Montgomery, I mean, his strength is really going to be there in the running game. And he also is at negative eight points over expectation. So part of that is you would expect him to bounce back and be more efficient but part of that is this is sort of a continuation from his college performance where his efficiency numbers at iowa state despite all of the broken tackles were poor right and so you look at what he did last week he scores the touchdown by the very tiniest nose of the football if he does not get in on that carry then his points over expectation are even much much lower and so it's a concern when the bears offense has looked as bad as it's looked and it's looked absolutely terrible that you have the run oriented running back is going to need to get those goal line touches is going to need to be efficient himself enough as a runner to continue to allow them to run the football and not force them into the passing game and then he's going to need to emerge a little bit as a receiver now week two is much more encouraging in terms of his whole usage and so there's certainly plenty of reason to believe that he would be a running back two going forward but potentially a running back two with some very low weeks yeah no that's uh, that's fair to look at overall and you know when we talked about ryan collinsworth's work um you know a couple of weeks ago looking at you know the, the splits in terms of how fantasy points are divvied out in terms of the pass catching running backs versus those running backs getting the rush attempts that's a very good point that you make in terms of his 24 rush attempts he has four receiving targets on the season whereas uh, it's basically the flip flip the script for cohen who has four rushing attempts and 15 targets so a big concern for me with the the Bears, like you mentioned, is this offense. It may it may not be good, and uh, the quarterback. I've said this for quite some time. Uh, I I don't think is is very good either. Um, so I think that's going to be the major issue there. So good points there on Cohen. Um, you know, in terms of uh, usage as a whole, it might be a little bit more spotty for him, but the the points are more likely to come from the plays that he's getting. Last up here is uh, we're going to look actually at two more teams with the Rams and and the Forty Niners. Um, obviously we have Todd Gurley. We have Malcolm Brown with Darrell Henderson. Henderson has pretty much not been used as one rush attempt. Uh, it's Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley. I have to say, Sean, I don't know what you think watching the games. Todd Gurley, from an NFL point of view, looks like a, a perfect running back at the moment. Obviously, we're not going to maybe get the fantasy usage we want, but from the Rams, they don't really care about our fantasy teams. What's, what's your thoughts on what you've actually seen from him playing in the NFL this season? I was I was pretty impressed with his Week 2 performance overall. 
he looks good. I mean, he looks like he's always looked. He's big. He's fast. When he can go downhill, it gets scary in a real hurry. I think when you're comparing him to Brown, you've got to be encouraged by the fact that he has this five to one lead in targets. But at the same time, when you're looking at that trio and you have the zero targets for Darrell Henderson, then yeah, six six targets. Right. So you're not looking at nearly as many targets to the running backs as you would prefer in an ideal situation. Now you have Gurley and Brown, both well over expectation. You know, they're getting in there, they're scoring those touchdowns. Uh, For me, it's not so much of a concern that Brown has played as much as he's played, but that he's been in on so many of the high leverage carries, which I don't necessarily know that we can expect to carry forward. But certainly if you're a Gurley owner and the drives that brown is in on happen to be the drives where the rams are going down there getting uh you know inside the five getting those uh, touchdown oriented carries and they leave him in which the way that they've played it so far it certainly looks like they intend to do then over the course of the season you could lose a huge number of touchdowns to brown and you know it, it's not so much the you know losing the touches because Gurley's going to end up fine on touches but when you're talking about moving from that 16 17 fantasy points a game range to the 26 27 fantasy points a game range you really do need that, that massive touchdown upside that a back like Gurley in an offense like the Rams offense has and so you know these touches look like they're going to keep him healthy he had the good week in week two but many more weeks like the opening week of the season and suddenly you do have that back whereas opposed to outscoring uh, his second round draft position is going to be more of a round two type of player yeah and uh, the next team up here is the the 49ers and looking at uh, the way it's shaken out I, I you know Matt Breda had a really good week too, but I was thinking that this was going to be, you know, a, a massive, massive, massive game for him. I, a lot of DFS lineups, so there was a little bit of tilting going on when we were seeing, you know, Wilson and Mozart getting in, in the end zone on those plays. But overall, this team, you know, they, they really crushed it in terms of their overall team rushing uh, production against the Bengals in week two. Um, they look very, very solid from all perspectives. Um, obviously, Tevin Coleman out with the injury, I think he's going to find it very hard when he comes back to, to really get a, a share in this backfield but between uh, Mozart obviously and then you have uh, Breda um, they're both they're both really starting really really on fire this season but I, I would like to see Breda get a little bit higher of a, a touch share in this backfield but do you think that's something that's going to happen I think Shanahan likes to have we've seen it before you know have those two or three running backs who can slot in have those different roles keep keep that rotation fresh um, is, is that what you expect to keep happening here uh, I know we both are, are big Breda fans yeah the unfortunate thing when you have the kinds of injuries that Breda has had is that you you certainly instill in your coach's mind this idea of okay well we we want to keep him fresh if we can and so he's got just this electric rushing ability he has the change of direction ability followed by that first step explosion where you know he breaks into the clear he's got that hole and suddenly he's 15 yards down the field there are very few backs that have that the problem just comes in like you mentioned in terms of usage where Mostert certainly at this point looks like the preferred receiving option. Wilson looks like the preferred goal line option. A little bit of that is just fluky based on where they got down the field, when they got down the field, who was coming off for a breather, all of those types of things. 
But even tracing back to last season, we're not seeing as many of the high-value touches to Brita as we would like, and that's going to limit his ceiling in ways that are frustrating, especially frustrating in light of the fact that this was his backfield with Tevin Coleman out and was a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Because you're not going to play the Bengals every week. And from a fantasy perspective, whether you're talking about DFS or you're talking about season long, you know, you have these key games where you have a player who has the potential to put 30, 35, 40 points on the board. When that opportunity goes by the wayside, it doesn't just come back up again. So I think for, for folks who started Breida this past week, you know, this is easily a game where you're going to look back and feel like, the chance to have pulled ahead of your league mates if you're looking at total points uh certainly you know if you lost with him in your starting lineup this last week it just it feels like a huge missed opportunity and not one that necessarily will come back especially because we look at the the 49ers and as strong as their offense was in week two their passing offense through two weeks has been a little bit disconcerting and we know that a team's ability in the passing game really sets up these big running scores and so when you're looking at what the 49ers are doing overall until they throw the ball with more efficiency with more competency than any time they play a good defense and we're just through two weeks and so right now you know we can have some very skewed perceptions of what offenses are good and what players are good based on if you've played two top five defenses versus two bottom five defenses you get a a very skewed perception so with the 49ers here uh, not throwing the ball as well as we would like that's another element that may be a little bit under the radar in terms of looking at this backfield and how these fantasy points are going to shake out. So Sean, just as we get into overtime here, a little bit of rapid fire, two questions to, to finish it all off. Um, obviously you mentioned earlier in the show, the second uh, overall ranked zero RB candidate this year was Austin Eckler. Um, he's at the moment, the number one running back in fantasy football through two weeks. So we're going to, we're going to hit for that really high seed in the ultimate win and, uh, the, you know, to see how long he can stay as RB one. Uh, how many weeks do you think he can stay at that overall uh, number one uh, running back role? And do you think it's uh, at this stage, if he stays healthy, um, he's a he's a certainty for a, a running back one as in a top 12 running back to finish the season? Oh, I think he's definitely a lock for that. The question of how long he can hold on to number one will depend a little bit on how the Panthers uh, work without cam newton if in fact newton is out this week there's certainly some reasons to think that it could benefit some of the guys in the passing game uh christian mccaffrey had a lot of targets last week but they turned into very little because uh just was was that poor so i think that the panthers offense not necessarily a huge downgrade when you consider the level that cam newton is playing at but for me, and you know, Ryan mentioned this sort of in his preseason look at Austin Eckler, where he was talking about how Eckler is really a an Alvin Kamara doppelganger, someone who has a very similar profile, very similar athleticism. Eckler actually the more athletic of the two players. And so, you know, he's got this profile to be this top guy. So I think he could potentially even hold that into the time period where melvin gordon comes back so then the question is you know what will the charters end up doing uh, i have these discussions with different people who want to trade for eckler or who missed an opportunity when i was looking uh, to differentiate some of the the lineups and lighten my eckler load a little bit before the season which i'm certainly glad did not happen there's a lot of skeptical skepticism about him 
as the number one long term. And if they get rid of Gordon, then they'll bring in someone else. I don't expect that to be the case. I think he is too good, can be a Marshall Falk type of player for them. How long do you see him holding out here as the top running back in fantasy? I was just looking through the the upcoming schedules, and um, you know, <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey has a big chance to boost uh, his totals this week. They're playing the Cardinals on Sunday night, so uh, there's going to be a good chance for him to boost that up. In terms, of, you mentioned um, the Panthers. Uh, the, the interesting thing is uh, the Chargers play the Texans this week. The Texans have been thoroughly unimpressive for me <laughs> through the first two weeks. Bill O'Brien's play call is so conservative, and it's really that offensive line is absolutely killing. Um, anything uh, going with Deshaun Watson you know he's having a, a really good start to the season but he's going to just keep getting hit behind that line so I think he can have a you know Eckler can get through that game against the Texans but next up then for him is the Dolphins where we could see a, a monster monster smash game there for him uh, and I think I think we could see it going on here the, the thing with the running backs is you know it can be volatile week to week but I think we'll get another two or three weeks out of it but as you said the the key is um that 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 top 12 at the end of the year would be a major boost um as a zero rb candidate for us uh the other one that you know he wasn't on any of my radars and that is john ross and uh you know obviously the aj green injury has helped we probably would have seen the way this offense has shaped up probably would have seen him involved in the offense you know as uh, a key a key piece but probably not as much as early as this but You've asked the question here in the show sheet, and that is, will he or Austin Eckler end up with the biggest fantasy total at the end of the season? I'll answer it first because I think it's simple. I think it's going to be Austin Eckler. Um, I think when you look at John Ross, we will see some big weeks from him. I, I really, I, 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 might be, I might be completely wrong come three or four weeks, but I, I don't see it happening that he's going to continue to do this moving forward. And then if AJ Green gets back and gets healthy, I think that's going to affect him too. Um, I've, you know, I've seen people talking, and I'm sure, Sean, you're still on the Tyler Boyd side of things, but I've seen people talking about which would you rather. Uh, I think there's no real competition there. Um, the, the interesting thing, I actually was listening to a podcast, um, you know, they were kind of talking about some of the different things. And I remember saying to you this time last year uh, when we were getting ready for the drafts, the way the Kansas City ADP was, this was heading into the 2018 season. There's no way that this offense can have, you know, these players hit these ADPs unless it's a historical offense. And then they were talking about this year's Chiefs already being ahead of the historical pace they're on last year. So, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong here with John Ross as well. And uh, he does go on to, to continue to dominate. But I, I'm on Eckler on this side of things. Do you think John Ross can be uh, stood the rest of the way? I do. And I think that in terms of which player will have the bigger impact, it's it's still likely to be Eckler uh, from a points perspective. But when you look at what you had to pay for Ross, he may end up having the bigger impact in terms of really being able to carry you as that extra guy. Curtis and I added him to our FFPC team that we've talked about on the pod and, and written about on the website. And that immediately paid off for us in week two. I paid a bunch for him across the board after week one, uh, sometimes overpaying by hundreds of units and not remotely disappointed in that. Just in every case, just pure relief that it was enough to get him. I think this offense is going to continue to score. And the fact that the Bengals are a train wreck just really adds to that. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs last year, right? They were the best team in football 
sadly didn't win the Super Bowl, but their offense was so good that it was able to balance out a well below average defense. And the Bengals are not going to be one of those best team in football types of teams, but they are a team where the development of this offense and the struggles that their defense has is going to allow Andy Dalton and company to put up a ton of points. And so you mentioned, you know, would you rather have Ross? Would you rather have Boyd? Certainly, I think at this point, you would rather have both of those guys than AJ Green in terms of redraft. Uh, with Green's age and the injuries that he's had, you prefer to have both of them over him in Dynasty. But he also is going to come back and have an impact. And that trio is going to be in the conversation for the best receiving core in the NFL. So I think if you're a Bengals fan, you're 0-2, but there are a lot of exciting things in your future. Yeah, the key, I think, uh, the key takeaway is to, to go out there and uh, trade for Andy Dalton, get him into those rest of season uh, squads and, and take it all. Because uh, I even seen uh, my guy Tyler Eifert uh, get in the end zone this week as well. So good to see him back and back and healthy for as, as however long it does last. But that's going to do it for today's show. We're going to wrap things up. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, we have partnered up with Blue Wire. So it's an exciting uh, time. We did have a couple of different uh, ad reads on today's show. Uh, they are also good ways to help support the show and the podcast podcast um as we move forward here as well um and as always make sure you're subscribed to the show whether it's on the individual feeds or that main feed uh, do check to make sure they're all loading up correctly on your favorite podcast player and if there is any issues of course uh, let me know you can hit me up on twitter at overtime ireland let me know if it's any issues with the transfer over onto your podcast player and uh, i can look into getting that resolved for you uh, my co-host as always is sean siegel make sure you're following sean's awesome awesome work up on rotaviz.com along with everyone else who's putting up those pieces on a weekly basis we're ready for week three it's going to be a lot of fun week one and week two were really enjoyable and we'll see what comes this week hopefully no more quarterback entries in, in week three as we move forward here but that's going to do it for today's show until we're back next week the show obviously back to the regular uh, kind of slot next week off that wednesday thursday at uh, release time rather than this one coming out a little bit later in the week but until we're back with that one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Recently, Total Wireless helped Charlie Michelle stage a virtual dance recital for her friends and family. This event was super meaningful to them. Because when you move to Total Wireless, you can get amazing devices on nationwide 5G. And with unlimited plans starting at $25 a month, you could save up to $1,200 a year. Thank you, Total Wireless, for helping me pull this off. Total Wireless. Do amazing. Compatible 5G device required. 5G network in limited areas. Month equals 30 days. Savings claim made when compared to four-line postpaid plans of leading carriers 10-2020. See terms and conditions at TotalWireless.com.